had this kind of scrappy DIY New York filmmaking mentality that we just don't see enough of anymore. Wait, are you not going to do the clips? Rub Vaseline on the lens. Grain. Experimental film. This is a film? This is a film? I was, I was calm. <laughs> I was focused. I stepped on stage. Rub Vaseline on the lens. Give me brackets. Reduced black ratio. <laughs> Give me brackets. Best Bender. Anything by Castavetes. Grain. Pre exposed negative. This was how I would. This was how I would. I disagree. I disagree. This is how I would. <laughs> Best Bender. Grain. I'm a straight up slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in that shit. So what's up? Reduced glass ratio. <laughs> Give me brackets. Pre-exposed negative. I had this kind of scrappy DIY New York filmmaking mentality that we just don't see enough Yo. of anymore. This is how I went. Yo. Yo, what's up, Iron Packers? This is how I win. Welcome to episode two, me everybody. Give me back. <laughs> We're fucking back in this bitch. Welcome to episode two. What is it, like 5 a.m.? 4. 4 a.m. Coming at you live from so the Packers, Connecticut. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in Virginia. We commute every day to Metrograph from Connecticut. Do you know that? <laughs> still. They still got the lights on. They still have the lights on. Yeah, the Metrograph still has lights on if you want to take a The lights are still on the popcorn. Old just pumping that electricity bill. It's so that you can walk by it every day and dream of the day that one day you can go back in there and get that perfectly portioned popcorn. It's funny. I've actually since I've been like I, I'm still driving around a little bit, and every time on the Lower East Side or in Chinatown, I still drive by and just stare in the window. Yeah, because we miss it. It's everything to us. It's our. I actually, I actually do miss it. In all honesty, definitely, I really do. I really miss everything. I miss like anything that we've ever roasted and complained about. I miss it. The experience of being out in the fucking lobby wearing Balenciaga is just, oh, you man. can't get it in car. I miss the Prada models. <laughs> so bad. We should start off by shouting what? out someone that we forgot to shout out. Oh, that's we right. didn't really forget, but it's it's just, it's so close to our hearts that it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a casual shout. But yeah. Go for it. We need to shout out the Rogue Packer. The Rogue Packer. R.I.P. Pulling out the way for the Rogue Packer. The Rogue Packer was an offshoot Instagram account uh, that made much better memes than we ever did. We could ever dream or so hope to make. Everything we did, we did in the image of the Rogue Packer. And he was the one who spoke up at the Wobble Palace screening and was shut down by the inimitable Nick Pinkerton. And Honestly, no one else really came to his defense either, and neither did we because we were. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I, I've I've felt bad about that every day since that happened. Um, but we've become great friends with the is road. But even the pack is maybe not like we can still succumb to the powers that be, the gatekeepers that be, and be. That, that was a major gatekeeper moment. There was a major gatekeeper. Honestly, moment. it was you that threw Rogue under the bus, not me. To be fair. Well, I was I was in a a room full of people, and I, this was back when. <laughs> see, this was back in 1989. Um, uh, <laughs> you don't have a clip, dude. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Check that, Chris Everett. Good to have you on the show. You know what? <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Um. 
No, but no one knew who knew, no one knew who it was. I mean, hopefully, people still don't know. But it, I wasn't even re- I wasn't ready to reveal to anyone um, who I was, and I didn't know who he was. Um, but you know, big shouts to right. Rogue. I, I, I shouldn't say anything else. Do Rogue. Yeah, big we hope to see that account that. back again someday. Uh, dude, dude, I just remembered what cliff we forgot to whip. It was big shouts. <laughs> I was gonna uh, work, whatever. All right, you'll cut this out and then we'll put it in. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe to be just save that. You have to like stick. Like people really want to hear Jonas saying, "Shout out Beanie Feldstein, <laughs> big yeah, shout, shout out." You're gonna have to really stick with us if they want to hear. <laughs> like I was obsessed with trash. <laughs> <laughs> people don't realize it is true. Dude. People don't realize that nineties, like, dude, the nineties are pieces. It's not. It's not always as powdered wigs. <laughs> um just just to get people a little excited for the next one we're gonna have two very special guests in the next one we shouldn't say who yet but no, i'm not gonna say who yet but we're gonna have some very special guests it's gonna be amazing we're gonna talk about film we're gonna talk about projects we're gonna, we're gonna talk, talk about, about Shamika. we're gonna talk about shamika shamika that's true track too that's true and we're gonna talk about um but I am down to talk about the Fiona, Fiona Apple record now. Yeah, I'm really down. Um, Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, just came out. First 10 Pitchfork has delivered in 10 years since Twisted Fantasy. A lot of people got a lot of opinions about this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing album. It's great. It's exactly what we need right now in my opinion i don't think we have um i haven't had a record like this in a long time reminds me of tom waits one of my all-time favorites which is a welcome change for a new record yeah objectively great record and it's just like uh, we've got a lot of opinions flying out that we don't need it's like we've got a great record that came out and we don't need everybody's like twitter hot take on like why fiona apple sucks or like roasting her for like it's like (laughs) no one actually thinks like i feel like she's one of those like like you can't it's like even if you try to be contrarian and say fiona apple sucks you just sound like an idiot like no one actually thinks that right it's like no, it's just, it's just like contrarian like Twitter persona thing where it's like everybody has to rush to be the first to say everything. Right, and doesn't that make you want to fucking kill them? It does. <laughs> yeah, it actually does. It just it pisses me off, and it's like or it's like or the like vitriol is like directed at like something like Pitchfork, which is the most like old man yells at cloud shit. It's like yeah, Condé Nast like bought out pitchfork five years ago it's like it's like fucking get over it it's like just listen to the music it's like we talk a lot we've we had that conversation yesterday about how the problems that we have with criticism and how reductive and unimportant it is to enjoy I have a lot art. of feelings about this i have a lot of feelings about this because because people talking about i mean it, it, in different ways it's the same thing for film and music people talk like analyzing film and music as if it was a museum piece is just like fucking stupid it's not at all what those forms are trying or or you're not going to get what those forms are trying to give you at all if you just try to read all these kind of like cultural and societal like whatever the fuck anthropological readings into every film and, and album that comes out it's ridiculous it's like any form of art it has its own way of communicating to you. It's not verbal. It It's to try to analyze everything as if it was like everything has this really concrete metaphor and this concrete meaning that we can pull from it is just such a waste and it does a huge disservice to whatever you're trying to analyze. Well, something you always always roast, which I think is a good roast, is like this this idea of framing criticism in the context of its cultural impact or like its cultural message in the context of like what might be going on in our world, whether it be right. like woke gender politics, you know, whatever the fuck it is, and it's 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 generally framed through this through this lens, which you know it pisses you off and. 
it's I think it does, it, does, it does a disservice. It does a disservice. Like, there is something that music can do to a listener, to a fan, that, like, isn't really worth putting into words. First of all, you can't really put it into words, and you can't, and even if you could, or as much as you could put it into words, it just just cheapens the whole effect of that entire thing. Like making, putting it on display as this thing that's supposed to convey this really specific meaning that you can pick apart is like completely missing the point of so much great music. It is like a visceral. I think it's missing the point of, of, of the best. Music. I think it's missing the point of the best music and and film and and in all art. Like the best art is 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 felt at the you know at the risk of sounding pretentious like we were, we were talking about how like you know that's ultimately like what art's for at the end of this like make you feel it's like things that are like you know it's that are effective in communicating and translating a feeling and you know to talk about that in in critical terms is as i said just incredibly reductive and exactly. um, if you're trying to analyze a movie like a book like analyze the story of a movie like you would the plot of a book it's a losing battle it's just wrong that's not what a movie is you a movie is conveying something as a different language has a different way of conveying these feelings and ideas that doesn't have to be verbal doesn't have to be able to be boiled down into some idea that you could put in a review or whatever the fuck you see what i'm saying yeah i mean it's 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 something that bothers me and it's, it kind of goes into this Twitter conversation to us. It. And it's just, it's all like intellectual masturbation. And like, it's, it's crazy to me that people don't point this out more often. Cause like I have, you know, we, we know people who are critics and, and people who write about things and it, it, Not, it always writing about things is cool. I've read tons of stuff about music. No, but criti- about... criticism, criticism specifically. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But it's it's not like, but exactly. But that that's like an important distinction. It's not that I think people shouldn't like write about music or film or whatever. It's that's not true. Yeah, but people talk about like the the utility of criticism, whether it be for film or for music, right. and why it's important for the for the you know for for the art form to progress, which you know. I just don't agree with, and I never, I never, have, and yeah. I never will. And guess what? We're both. I mean, maybe we shouldn't say this, but like, you know, we're we're we are creative people, and uh, we're creatives, and uh, definitely, like we have like ten projects a day. And generally, the people who are, uh, you know, taking down or propping something up, you know, are probably the, the least creative people that you know, and you probably don't know them if you're a creator. The thing that I just don't get is like when critics when, when there's like a review on an album it, it, this is like kind of specifically for music probably rings true for film too when people start like reading like like and a something that is like a piece of music that is not political like is overtly not political it's not about like it's not openly about politics at all and someone starts trying to like read comments on an effects of capitalism as expressed through this album it's like do you actually enjoy trying to figure out what this album says about capitalism? See what I'm saying? Like, there's no way anyone can enjoy. I don't understand how a critic can actually sit around and enjoy listening to an album and listening for that. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that is, sounds horrible. That sounds so I agree. I mean, there, there's obviously, you know, I think that the, the, the statement that, that all art is inherently political is, is something that I agree with, but, but to, to always be no, looking for sure. that frame is, is just it's boring. It's fucking boring. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I, I guarantee, I guarantee you, anyone who's listening to this, if you like stop thinking about politics while you're enjoying a, a movie or, or a piece of music that you like, you'll feel you'll feel better no, let's, talk, let's talk let's talk about that eve's tumor record though because I, I think that's interesting because we i think i don't know if we disagree about it but we can kind of offer some counterpoints yeah the eve's tumor record i think it's trash i think it's this like this is a trend that's happening in music a lot this museumification of rock and pop music that is just the complete opposite of what those types of music? Well, let's let's, let's, let's pedal back for a second. I do, I do think it's I do think it is a musically sick record. But you've made a lot of really good points about why it doesn't have staying power, or why it's not a power that 
or it doesn't have a power that will sort of like define an era of your life in the way that maybe a great album might like like for me the fiona record probably will and probably right, will because a lot of other people. because like songwriting and uh like what is appealing about great pop music about great rock music about great hip-hop music which is all you know music that just overtly and concretely is written about life you know as opposed to like electronic music or something that is a little more esoteric than something lyrical um approaching those types of music from this kind of art school analytical lens is completely killing and just strips the meaning of those like all the best rock and pop and hip-hop whatever music appeals to people by by kind of relate people relate to it on this really kind of base and visceral level it's not that deep it's really not that deep it's this kind of like human nature thing it's kind of really natural and it's this like i was saying before it's this like non-verbal way that music um try gets into your head and can communicate to you that isn't really worth analysis it's like this is not that deep so yeah so of, now we're it, talking about these albums that are sort of designed to be like the yeah, perfect storm of like second, critical like analysis sculpture or some shit is just like completely killing any type of thing it's 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 just it's devoid of all of the music that it's referencing like it's devoid of all the substance that all the music it's referencing has is what i'm trying to say but, well yeah my main issue with the east tumor record while i enjoy it on a musical level is that east tumor has been doing this genre spanning thing where it's sort of like they'll go from one genre to another in this sort of like here's here's my take on this genre here's my take on that genre which could be, this, could be cool this record is sort of like a it's more of like a glam rock thing which is cool but it's it would be cool like, if it was like just visceral if it was just like if it felt like someone making music because they got into rock music and glam rock and like wanted to try it out in his own like weirdo way but it doesn't feel like that at all it feels like a very calculated right. like i've made this art piece come pick it apart come see how smart i am with all these little references and all and all this and yeah, it's a flex and we were talking about like the guggenheim fuckboy effect which it's you know, it, it's, it's guggenheim fuckboy is absolutely guggenheim fuckboy it's like it's it has nothing about the rock music that it's referencing like nothing that makes the rock music it's referencing interesting and relatable it's and playing a character which classic. in a way i you know i like the i like the idea of that you know it's sort of like a bowie thing um but in this context it just feels really fucking like red bull and I'm like kind of think you know it, it it's it it's feels, red bull it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's the way that red bull would like commodify these like it's the most and, like, la session projects shit of all time this is why you should never move to la which is what which happened with like ambient music it just happened with like, like they like all of these like corporate sponsors co-opted all of these different trends in music sessions. and like repackaged and, pre sessions. and presented them if you like okay so people who don't know in in the world of music sessions is musicians speak for projects sessions exactly it's just like it, you have this like weird fucking vibe of like you label puts you up in some giant studio and you bring three friends who are just like sitting on their fucking phones on the couch and you're like recording in front of them and you're trying to like come up with something you're talking about how it's going to be written about and how, what the label's going to think it's just so devoid of like anything that makes uh you know songwriting this like this form of, of music that's supposed to be just entirely relatable and emotional and something that speaks to you on this yeah we talk we talk about the la level. the la session effect a lot yeah, la is, session effect that's just you know, like you know kevin parker james blake sebastian like like a lot of different artists hate james blake so much that's the epitome of la sessions like I've, these people who have, are clearly living these sort of like comfy cozy lifestyles and like you, you talk about like the music that they're hearing at brunch bleeding into their like bullshit la sessions yeah because they all live in the same like 
like Echo Park neighborhood, and then on their way to their session in the morning, they go to the same fucking coffee shop and hear each other's music playing in the coffee shop, and it just like bleeds into their head, and they fucking make the same bullshit that sounds like each other, and it's so devoid of relating to a listener at all, of trying to reach anyone who's outside of their own bubble at all, and the fact that it's referencing and kind of copying and biting this old rock or folk or hip-hop or pop or whatever music that is like music you know relatable music for people the people of the world but like soundtrack for people's lives something that is carried with them throughout their day is so divorced from that that it just like is just it's just theater it's just nonsense and it has it's so devoid of any type of any substance that could possibly make you relate to it and i don't i really honestly generally don't understand what there is to like about something like this eve's tumor album other than to make you feel like you're a really like your next level like you're like exactly next next like you're on some fucking like virgil guggenheim fuckboy shit guggenheim fuckboy which is which is, and let's take it back to like the positive end of that, which is that like you know what what the great music holds, and to quote the uh, the great John Frusciante, who was speaking about his love for REM, uh, you know he said that REM's music was like a friend to him, which is a really beautiful way of of framing what the best art can do for you, which is kind of play this really like active role in your life and, and keeping you company and helping you work through through feelings and and you know different life events and emotions and just something that can be there for you rather than just like oh this is a fucking cultural touchstone for right fucking great a great piece of music is supposed to be a friend to you that's a great way to think about it and same goes for movies too like a great definitely. movie is is there for you Exactly, and that—it's not a reboot of a fucking. That's the perfect movie from the seventies. It's not like this, like you know, it's not like this recycled. A a director flexing that they like really know about Cassavetes because they are clearly biting him in every sense in their film, or some new L.A. Sessions Projects musician really knows about all this music because I'm clearly biting it in this really specific way. It's just to like flex that they're like well that they have good taste and that they like know about shit and like and i think that's a real problem it's like, it's, it. that anything yeah. coming from that perspective will not be a friend like we're talking about in the Fushante sense will not be a friend to anyone it will not you know be a part of their lives in the way that they want it yeah, pack, packers we want you to find the movies and the music that's going to be your friend like yeah. find that stuff don't I find stuff that, that fucking indie water is don't like you, it's something that doesn't exist to be on like a year-end list and then the, yeah these these, these things that come out that are designed to be listed they're designed to yeah, like have designed an to be talked about how yeah exactly they present an aesthetic of classicness that they can uh show off like how what good taste the the writer or performer or whatever has and then but it ultimately just like disappears it's just so reviews will talk about how well referenced it is and i think this can take us back to the, the critic thing too because it's it's the letterboxd effect or like the last fm effect of like look at look at my breadth of knowledge about the art like look at all the stuff i listen to look at all the stuff i've watched and that being the sort of like cultural capital or like the social currency of like my opinion and my taste is more valid and more vast. Right. That's the thing that's like, that's, that's, that's underrated. Your favorite filmmaker, your favorite musician doesn't have to have like particularly good taste or even if it's not necessarily good or bad, but doesn't have to have like expansive taste. You know what Terrence, I mean? Mal- Terrence Malick's listening to Green Day while he's editing the Thin Red Line. Like exactly. that's, 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 that's all you need to know. The best, I guarantee you most of your favorite stuff is made by people who like don't know nearly as much like because they're not invested in like the accessorized personality element of being into art they're interested in making and if you make stuff I'll like if you make stuff Packers film music painting whatever the fuck you don't need to know shit to make good shit like 
you don't have to like keep expanding and keep expanding. If you want to keep expanding because you want to hear more shit, see more shit for sure, do it, you know, whatever. That's great. But like, you don't need to know a ton about shit to make good art. You really don't. That is I, actually th- I actually think it's, it's in some, in some ways it's, it's better to not know because it's better to know yourself rather than to be constantly emulating whatever's trendy, which is what we see a lot of filmmakers and a lot of musicians doing now. Yeah. Is that they kind of feel like they have their finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. Yeah, I think the best stuff is probably made when you're not thinking about culture. Stop thinking about culture. It's not good for you. Stop thinking about it. Stop thinking sure. about it. Stop trying to expand. Only expand if you want new stuff. If you want to expand, expand. Don't expand because you think you have to, because you think it's going to make you better, because you think it's going to it's going to make you think more critically and like have more references and touchstones so that you can make more nuanced stuff. That's bullshit. Any nuance that comes in art that you make is going to come from whatever you got going on up there already. You don't have to keep trying to like fill your mind with more content so that you can reach those points like you have them already could it think the heart would stop beating what (laughs) i said could it think the heart would stop beating don't think right right who is that again pessoa right right um don't um it's not that deep Whatever you, that's really what it is. It's really, it's not that deep. What, whatever you have in you already is enough to make good shit. Stop thinking. Stop reading fucking blogs and Twitter. Stop thinking about what critics are saying. You have it in you already. You can do it. And stop, already. stop idolizing. You need right stop now. idolizing like, you know, fat dudes' opinions on Twitter and like they're, they're, they're like, they're like verbose, like pseudo intellectual, like masturbatory bullshit. You know what I mean? Like just stop, stop looking to these people for your own thing. I see it so much and it's so frustrating for people to like really bow down to right. these so like, this is part of, We're quarantined right now. You don't have, like, obviously people are on more online than ever because they're bored, they're lonely, for sure. Same here. But you don't stop. Get offline, fucking sit down, think. You have it in you already for people who make things. You don't need to, you don't need to think about anyone else's opinion you don't need to think about expanding you don't need to think that you don't know enough or you haven't experienced enough you have it already you can do it right we now. don't care about your fucking ladder box start today i don't give a fuck what you watched this week what did you make this week yeah. What'd you write? Down with letterboxed. Down with letter. I mean, I remember last one of us have never had effect on me in, in high school and college, and like yeah, I liked it. was an active participant in it for a long time. But you start caring more and more about like how, you know how encyclopedic your knowledge is, rather than it really takes you out of just like the inherent beauty of art and making it and enjoying it. Definitely. Definitely. And and that's not to say that I'm not I'm not anti academic. Like I, I you know, I think the biggest thing that like no, no, college, is, right. for example, uh, gave me is is exposure to things that I didn't know about. But when you get wrapped too too wrapped up in that shit, it just it totally kills your drive. Right. Okay. Here's okay, I don't know if I've expressed this properly yet. But the most important thing I want to say to everyone who's listening to this is Remember, whatever you make, there are there is a nonverbal language with whatever the medium that you create stuff in is music, film, visual art, whatever the fuck. There is a nonverbal way, like the thing that makes that art form compelling and interesting and desirable and makes you love it and makes people love it is that there's a nonverbalness that brings something through. There's a way to convey meaning to someone that isn't, you can't write about in an essay. You can't write about in a review or a think piece or whatever. Don't think about what the think pieces are going to say. Don't think about the press. You just think about 
this nonverbal thing. Think about this nonverbal thing. I swear you'll make better shit for it. And it'll it be- is it is the thing of language too, and not to like not not to like um boost up like the format of the meme so much, but just like it is about communicating ideas in different languages apart from, you know, language itself, be it English or whatever else, because it's a, it's a reductive form to, to write about art or to write about feelings. You know, the, the things we find so many things funny on our phones now that you, you can't really, you couldn't write a sentence about why, you know, whatever girl guy, Pepe, what, you know, whatever meme, doomer meme, whatever it is, is funny. It's like, it's its own language. It's, it's doing something else that you can't describe. Like imagine, imagine. Well, okay. Well, no, think about why like memes, criticism of a meme. This is why me so true, but this is why memes are crazy to me. It's like, we like before memes, I didn't really like, I would have thoughts like this. I had no idea a single other person in the world could possibly relate to it. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Like, the fact that there's like some, meme that's this kind of like weird niche feeling that you think is this like fleeting thought that you've had once that somehow like hundreds of thousands of people completely relate to and understand this like kind of succinct abstract version of that's on your phone for like a split second like just shows how much people can like how like how not unique we all really are like we all like have had these same weird ass fucking thoughts like we all relate to it like Honestly, you know, something to be taken from that. Like, we can, like, think like that. There's plenty that you can, like, even if every fucking critic, big critic on whatever site you read says whatever shit and analyzes its politics in whatever way, if you make something, like, it will connect to people in this really kind of abstract way that is not easy to verbalize. You see what I'm saying? You, you were, you, yeah, you described... You described something really funny the other day about like the one eye half open on your phone, like this uncomfortable position thing that <laughs> I feel like you've yet to right. translate into like an actual meme or like an actual thing that, but it was like so on point with like how we're living in quarantine and like how we're, we engage with media on our phone. Get yeah. lay, lay, lay it on the Packers. So, I was talking to the other Packer the other day about it and, and, they were like, oh, uh, like, have you been, like, being productive during quarantine? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I've been, like, I've been, like, watching TV, a shit ton of TV, like, laying on my couch extremely uncomfortably. Like, <laughs> and, like, I, I fully recognize while I'm doing it that I'm uncomfortable. And, like, I've, I've like, ha- probably had to pee for, like, almost an hour. But for some reason, I don't move the position really bizarre but somehow it's like it's very it's very, it's, it's very specifically this one eye open thing it's like how you when I open right when, when you first wake, phone, up. First wake up i i usually look at my phone for like literally a full hour when i first wake up with only one eye open i don't understand what it is it's always wait, which eye is it for you that's closed i think it's i think it's my left eye yeah it's my left eye too yeah it's my, it's my right eye. yeah i guess so but i I literally sit with my lay with my left eye closed, looking at my phone in an uncomfortable position, having to go to the bathroom for like a full hour. But taking a lot of good information at the time, I had a lot of good thoughts during that time. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I saw today that Eddie Slamon put out his curated best and favorite films on movie. And it was making me think about how, I mean, like I was interested in the list, but <laughs> you me that. I didn't look at the list. Is it good? I was, it's, it's good. There's like a Javier Dewan movie on there. I've never seen any of his movies, but like, it was interesting. I was like, all right. So they like contacted Eddie to like give this like curated list of his favorite movies, which is cool. Like I'm interested in the movies that he might like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck about the a fat dude on Twitter's of like taste in movies but like <laughs> a sick fashion designer i honestly kind of care about but it was just interesting this like it's like so they know everybody's at home they have this platform called movie to like stream movies and they're like how are we gonna get the fucking kids in to watch this melville movie from the 70s that's like well we can have eddie 
deliver it right into their inbox. And it was just making me think about like, because we're, I'm kind of like roasting and I feel like we're kind of roasting just like the, the cult of like having your own taste and having things that you're into, which is not, you know, I feel like we're, but that's not exactly what we mean because it is interesting to different people's tastes, but it being the flex of your life and it being like your identity, the shit that you're into is is such a weak form of social currency to me. And I was just thinking, yeah. I was like, well, why do I care about when, or like, do I care about his favorite movies? Like, what is the like relevance and value of like celebrities' favorite shit? And like, so it's always just refreshing to me when it's like somebody you really admire and they're just into like really basic shit. Like that's always like the most refreshing thing to me. Not when it's like, I mean, it's cool if it's like really niche and like something that you're not into, but like, when fucking like some god, you know, it comes. It's like the Terrence Malick Green Day thing, or like you know, Terrence Malick's into like Zoolander. Like that's always my favorite shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I you know, I love hearing what people who I whose work I like are into and what their daily routines are and shit like that. Like for sure, there's nothing wrong with that, but it shouldn't like define you or like make you, you know, reconsider your whole shit. Yeah. It's gone, but it's gone as far as being like a selling point. It's like come to our platform and watch, and stream movies through our platform because we're giving you Eddie's favorite movies. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> such an. It's just so fun. Just like this, like fashion, film, like fuckboy crossover thing. That's just so funny to me. I know dude. it will never get old, and it's like and and there's an there's a physical embodiment of it, and it's called metrograph and it's in chinatown new york city <laughs> dude yeah all right that's 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 our little ion rant we need we needed to get that out yeah dude we need to get this out this is this was sick i think maybe but um we, have, we haven't been that funny yet i know i feel like we're we're, we're gonna really throw people off it's like oh wow they're like on some like serious shit they're like man I'm they lose the peckers Nah, this is we're great. not we're not disgruntled. It's just this like bigger than Joe Rogan. <laughs> it is bigger than Joe Rogan. No, oh, I'm not disgruntled. Joe Rogan, we're the biggest podcast. Yeah, yeah as of as of last night at three thirty right. a.m., we became yeah. the biggest podcast. We want to thank you, Packers, for the most listened to podcast in the world, and surpassing oh, Joe right. Rogan, who's you know my favorite, as I've said before. <laughs> uh, what else do we got on the docket? Um. Uh, wait, what were we just saying on Metrograph? I feel like I had a thought. Physical embodiment of fat, of of art and design, of, fa- of fashion, <laughs> and, <laughs> of cinema and design. Cinema and design. <laughs> Man, I love cinema and design. We were talking about how much we love the uh, the Twilight Zone earlier, and how oh they, yeah, they really don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. We got um, we got a fucking Black Mirror now, or we've got Jordan Peele's reboot of the Twilight Zone. The, 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 I mean, honestly, the fact that no one talks about the reboot, I didn't even know about it until you just exactly told me about it. it is really cool to me because it's like no one's even pretending that that was even worth talking about. It, it's like so embarrassingly bad. But we go through lots of periods of time where Black Mirror is the only thing anyone can talk about. I fucking hate Black Mirror so much. I fucking Black hate Mirror is Black like Mirror. everything I hate about. Fuck Black Mirror. Fuck Black Mirror. What? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, fuck Black Mirror. Black Mirror sucks. Fuck Black Mirror. <laughs> fuck Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Black Mirror. <laughs> I was just like trying to create some sort of quote that we can like post on Instagram later. I honestly don't think that, that no Packer fucking likes Black Mirror. I mean, I'm sure that we, I watch it because it's watchable and exactly like we were talking about before, when you're doing the one eye open, uncomfortable on the couch, but too lazy to move the position. When you're in that mode, for sure, it's great. It's like watchable, but it's, yeah. it is the worst shit of all time. It is literally it. my least favorite shit of all time. That sucks. It really sucks. Um, and the Twilight Zone is the best shit of all time. Why, I actually don't understand. Why can't there be anything as good as the Twilight Zone anymore? I don't understand. What is it? I don't have an answer. I really don't know. We don't know. I'm going to go through... Um, we had some responses to some of uh, the stories and shit. Let's see if there's anything cool. Oh, yeah. We should maybe ask more questions. It gives us more to talk about. 
is Vita Flapita, Stone Hill, fuck you, you fucking faggot, drop a Howard. <laughs> I don't know if I did. Um, wait, wait, wait. Did someone say drop a Howard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. No, we, were, we were inquiring about who gave us two stars. There's actually a one star now, which is oh, actually wow. nice, nice to see in a way. That really um, doesn't interest me nearly as much as a two star. That, like, Rating something two stars is like really personal. One star is just like you're being like an asshole, like whatever. Big shouts to Nathan, like Nathan Taylor Pemberton, who oh, big shouts to Nathan Taylor Pemberton, published our Gaspar Noe review, our uh, false <laughs> fall film preview with uh, what was at that time called Not Screen Slate. And there's also confirmation that the two and one star reviews were submitted by the two members of the Cinephobe. No surprise oh, there. Not, oh, Cinephobe did it? Yep, of course they did. Cinephobe. I've heard that name before. Oh. <laughs> um, what else do we have on the... What else are we going to talk about? Um, I don't know. Guys, it's really late for us over here. We just wanted to get get you some more fucking heat before uh, the the big show stopper. Do, um, do you think a Guggenheim fuckboy who likes the East Tumor album could? Do you think he would be a good boyfriend for Tender Girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they love that shit. I honestly don't know if they're compatible. Tender girls are, you know, who we were talking about last episode, who. Um, post screen toss of money and mambo and say things are pure and tender. Um <laughs> do you think she's compatible with Guggenheim Fuckboy? They they love that shit. And and the and the fuckboys love the tender girls for what they are too. It's oh obviously like fuckboys love no fuckboys definitely love tender girls. I don't know I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know enough about women maybe. I don't know what a tender girls ideal type is i'm sure she'd be okay with the guggenheim fuck boy but are they really compatible you know what i love to talk about is like the, the zine fair aesthetic of of boy oh, and tender, girl no tender girls love the zine fair like no no no. guggenheim fuck boys definitely like the zine fair but that's not the main genre of man who's at the zine fair there's like that's a faction of nerds who are really not guggenheim fuck boys they're like just like sweet little nerds and then there's like fucking 50 year old like jerry salt style dudes you know what i'm talking about honestly i feel like the uh, the uh, optimum match for for tender girls is this is this like construction aesthetic like art bro you know like the carhartt. yeah carhartt basically but like a guy who like owns a saw you know what I'm saying? Like, has a pickup truck despite being a millionaire. Whoa. I have a saw. And you have a pickup truck despite being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I like this. Keep going. You know what I mean? They like they have like paint on the, these like overalls that they wear. It's not it's not really like that much paint, but like oh, they like they is it art school paint or is it construction paint? It's like they cut. They say they like painted their brother's house last week, but right? But it was Etsy paint. It wasn't either. Yeah, like they they bought that shit. Like they bought that, that shit. It was Etsy paint. Grailed paint? No, they don't sell that shit on grailed. Grailed. Yeah, these paint. kind of like nondescript like work boots. Do, do they have like paint? Splattered shit on grilled? No. Of course they do. You got really? fucking no because I thought Martin. like grilled wasn't really about like vintage like fuck. No, there's shit. plenty of brands that uh, Mar- that's like a major Margiela thing is to like paint splatter. Right, but Margiela paint splatter is like not. It's kind of a different genre than like art school paint splatter. Yeah, art school paint splatter. Yeah, that's true. No, I sometimes a lot of the times I feel like they it's may like- even. They may even like do it themselves, They're, like splattering paint <laughs> on their shit, and then like going to mood ring. You know maybe, I mean? maybe they like rush out to Long Island to go help their dad paint on the weekend, and their dad's probably like, "Oh, son, I'm so glad. I, my son is like doing so well. He like wants to come help his father paint." And they're probably 
really excited, but it's really just because he wants to get paint on his overalls so he can go for it with some tenders. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's the Long Island thing you were talking about before? Like the kid from Long Island who's like obsessed with you know what I'm talking about? What? You were gonna make some meme that was like 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 guys from Long Island. It was like some film thing. Oh remember you it was like skater kid from Long oh, no, Island. No, no, no. Oh, I I completely forget. I completely forget. It was really good. Um, well, I made the M against it thing. That's uh, that's all. Maybe that's maybe. That's, maybe, maybe that's I think it became that. I think it became that. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But yeah, th- th- those girls love that kind of guy because it's like, quote unquote, like a real man. Like it's like they like kind of define masculinity in this like really abstract, very aesthetic, in this very aesthetic way. Like they're not real. They, you know, they like went to like Cooper Union. They're not best. real men. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not real men. <laughs> Dude, I just, I, I feel, I'm actually like getting really sad right now thinking about all the Long Island dads who like think their son just really wants to help them paint the house, but he really just wants to get paint on his jeans for the tender girl. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, and, and, and they're listening to the Eve's tumor record when they fuck. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. He wants to play it for her for sure. Cause he heard of it first, right? Yes. Mike, yo, have you heard this? What's she listening to? What's tender girl listening to? Polishek, Caroline Polishek. Yeah, Caroline Polchek. We want to talk about Polchek. I don't want to roast Polchek necessarily, but oh, I love Polchek. But what, I love what's Polchek. um? No, I mean, no, Lana Del Rey. That's too. That's too obvious. That's too obvious. Well, we'll, 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 we'll shout back to the Packers and 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 see how they feel. Let's see. If remember when? Remember when? Like Soft Boy was a huge like meme. Yeah, I went on. I went on a date with a girl who sent me like a Vice Soft Boy Boys article afterward, and was like, "Hey, I just found this article about the kind of guy that you are." <laughs> oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, Soft Boy was all of us for sure, but it got forgotten really fast. Which I thought was pretty funny, but um, this was like last year that this Tender, tender Girl might just be the the female version of of Soft Boy. It basically is. It basically is. Because Guggenheim fuckboys are not as emotional as softboys, right? No, Guggenheim fuckboys are the guys eating at Lucien. And, <laughs> <laughs> and softboys are the bartenders behind the bar telling us not to send desserts to Brooke Usby. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. What was that again? <laughs> Me and the Rogue Packer were at, uh, oh, right. were at Lucien eating some steak. And uh, I recognized Brooke. We had been DMing, and uh, she was at the bar. And you know, big shouts to Brooke, who is Nathan, Nathan Nathan Taylor Pemberton now. Um, and I was like, I was gunning for their relationship. And I I saw her talking to this. I guess it was her friend, the bartender. Um, but I was like, yeah, I was like, how do we let her know? So we like sent a dessert over, which is like a nice. Right, she, didn't, she didn't know who you were, but she'd been talking to the ion pack, but she didn't know who you were. Exactly. And right. this is like a, this is a real man thing to do is to send a dessert <laughs> to a girl. You know what I mean? That's like, the, that's the, that's the classic shit that you do. And the waitress told me that the bartender blocked the order and like didn't want it being sent to the girl. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I later found out that the guy who blocked it is a guy who works at Drake's, which is some fucking like, you know, handlebar mustache, like wire rim glasses, like skinny, tall, like white Oxford fucking bullshit. I've never heard of it. What is it? I don't know. Look it up. It's like some bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like Drake's? some like the only Drake's I care about is the fucking ring ding place, dude. <laughs> dude, Drake's like cupcakes. But yeah, I mean, there were two bona fide chads sitting eating steak, trying to send a dessert to a girl to a girl who would have appreciated it. I talked to her afterwards; she would have loved that. But the guy thought I was hitting on her. I was like happily married at the time (laughs) the last thing i was doing i was just giving a nod from from bach drakes i don't know about this 
Okay. Just that dude behind the bar was such a fucking bitch and such a soft boy and an aesthetic <laughs> soft boy. But, you know, he's like, you know, you could just tell by, like, the fit of his glasses that he's, like, you know, he's spitting some Foucault game and, like, you know what I mean? He's just... <laughs> Dude, no one wants to admit that Foucault was bullshit. I swear, like, everyone's afraid to say it. Foucault is bad. Philosophy's bad. <laughs> Philosophy sucks, um, especially Foucault. <laughs> um, we Wait, are on Crosby Street? Oh, I think I found it. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Drake's Crosby Street. Um, 39 and a half Crosby Street, New York, New York. Is this what it is? I feel comfortable talking about this, too, because this guy would never listen to this shit. No, dude, this is some, like, fucking store. This is, like... I know. That's where, he, that's where he works. He works oh, it's at a bar. It's a store. No, no it's a store. He was, he's, like... No, uh, I thought you just talking about, like, what people who went to the bar wear. Like, they actually sell, like, Oxford barred for him. No, he yeah. literally... He's literally as a salesman for the shit that he wears, <laughs> for like the glasses and like this stupid shirt. Oh man, this shit is so funny. How do all these places stay in business? I actually don't understand. How do these places stay in business? <laughs> They're all going down now, bro. <laughs> oh man, it's so dark. Oh wow, it has some like ties out on a circular table. Dude, this is like this is just like hipster, like downtown Brooks Brothers. I don't know. No, that's what it is. It's like it's old shit. Oh it's my like this, god, like, dude! It's just like it's like the, it's like the dandyism. Oh, of, this is like, so funny, dude. We guys, we should do something with this picture. Girls Instagrams. <laughs> I'm saving this picture. Oh, that's so true. I'd love to see. I would love to like look through anyone like this is like screenshots album on their camera roll <laughs> see what girls instagrams they've been they've been screenshotting that's another thing we were talking about it's just like how how often do guys or girls jerk off to random other guys or girls instagrams not even necessarily like nude photos but just like their instagram i know i feel like it's like hugely unspoken i feel like literally every guy and every girl does it and it's hugely unspoken because that's like it's like the main source of like pornography even if it's not even if it's not nudity it's like it's like the hottest thing that you could possibly climax to it's just like this is like <laughs> fucking like tender soft boy <laughs> <laughs> eve's tumor listening to you know what yeah, i mean dude, like honestly, honestly like jerking off to, to clothed photos underrated it is underrated i it's got underrated. it it might be oh, a little it might be a little better than naked photos i have to say Something like, about a naked photo on Instagram doesn't really hit. It's just like if someone looks really good wearing the clothes that they wear, like it really. No, what I love is like a sliver. If I get if I get like a taste, you know what I mean, like kind of like tasteful nudity, like not nudity, but like if I'm getting a hint of like some some skin, that's that's me. It's, it's much more erotic than <laughs> seeing nipples or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. For me, it's just like, you know. We don't have the Marzella quotes, right? No. Oh, come on. Next time. Oh, yeah. It, no, for me, it's like, if I, it, it doesn't matter if there's a little showing. It really doesn't. It just depends on how the clothes fit. <laughs> the clothes fit well, it's fine. So it can be better than, than a naked picture, you know? I think, I think Eddie said something to that effect at some point in his career. Well, yeah, dude, it's because, because I really care about fashion, so I get horny for fashion. Oh, yeah, I mean, we care about the fit. And that any creative does. Any thing. creative cares about the fit. And any true creative can jerk off to a fit way more easily than they could jerk off to a nude. They could jerk off to a water bottle design. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> I showed you that shit. Yeah, yeah I saw it. I was there. <laughs> the boxed water is thick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, like nudes, overrated. Well-fitting fit pick, underrated. All right, let's change it up. Are we gonna reveal to everybody that we're working with Quibi? I guess I just did it. Well, I guess you just did. <laughs> Guys, we have a Quibi, <laughs> Quibi show coming out. We're really humble and proud to announce 
you announced that this is all really just promo for we've been working with Katzenberg since May. Yeah, whatever. I I can't even like pretend anymore. I'm like I'm so excited. We're working with Quibi along with Jonah Hill and Fuck Jerry. Early on, Justin Thoreau's agent hit us up. Jacob Epstein, big shouts, great last name. Big shouts. And he, you know, he said he wanted he, you know, he thought we he could take this thing to the top. And guess what? He has taken us to the top. At the top. At the we top. have a Quibi show. We're scheduled for 39 episodes. It's we a are now show, a And we have a Quibi show. Give me the show. Who's on it? Our show. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just like break break them off with like. We can't. I don't think we're allowed to say who's on it yet. Okay, but Jonah Hill's on it. Katzenberg said, "Don't talk about it." Here's to the next step, the next era. Here's to the next era, Packers. Episode Give two. Me I want you to close your eyes right now, Packers. Experimental film. Give us a little gritty. I had this kind of scrappy DIY New York filmmaking mentality that we just don't see enough of anymore. Think about not caring that about the gatekeepers. Anything like Cassavetti's. Eyes still closed. Brain. Pre-exposed negative. This is how I win. This is how I win. <laughs> Anything by Cassavetes. Thanks, everybody. Pre-exposed negative. Reduced glass ratio. Give me storytellers. A Vaseline on the lens. Anything by Cassavetes. The grain. Give me brackets. Grain. I'm a straight up slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in this. <laughs> so what's up? This is how I win. This is how I'm I I'm a straight up slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in this. So what's up? <laughs> Brain. Reduced black ratio. Don't talk to themselves. Don't talk ever again. Experimental film. Tell everybody never talk to anyone that anyone knows. This is how I work. Experimental film. Thanks, everybody. This is, this is a labor of love for us. So, you know, we just want to thank everybody who helped us Slut. get here. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in that shit. So, what's up? <laughs> I want to give a big shout to. Wait, would you. Wait, all right, go for it. I want to give a big shout to TikTok user GhostK18. Um. For being a straight up slut and for being freaky as hell, he's in maybe shit. he's listening. If he wants to so see, if he wants to like look at the film review charts of podcasts and because <laughs> we're number one, we're number one in all the and, categories. Right, and if he checks out number one and sees the Iron Pod and he wants to wants to <laughs> see what's up with it, you know, we're here for you, man. We like we would love to have you on. He's 18 years old. He's at Ghost K 18. I would love to hear anything he has to say about film and art in general. No, um, I wanted to ask you a question right before we sign off. Would you consider this a labor of love for us? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a labor of love. Thanks, yeah, guys. For sure, for sure. Um, wait, but I, what do you think Ghost K18, user Ghost K18 on TikTok, what do you think his film opinions are? Sure, he loves good time. Oh, he he would love it for sure. I bet he thinks about his favorite movies. He thinks they're mind fucks. <laughs> Drive is honestly a sick movie. Good time oh, to say. Definitely loves Drive. He definitely loves Christopher Nolan. He thinks it's they're all mind fucks. He thinks Memento is a mind fuck. <laughs> I got nothing else, man. Okay, eighteen. 
if you're if you're listening, we want you on the pod. Um, and we're gonna end it with a quote from user ghostk18 on TikTok. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. I'm a straight up slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in that shit. So what's up? <laughs>